It's a double topic holiday weekend where we talk some sports analogies and John fights a robot. Maintaining a work-life balance keeps getting harder, but it doesn't have to. This is The Big Balance, a podcast for anyone struggling to stay ahead or even just keep up with work, life, and everything in between. Join us each week for practical advice you can actually apply to get a little sanity back in your day. Ryan, do I hear some background noise there? You do. I am sitting in my backyard today. So if anybody hears any, ideally you'll hear nice forest sounds, some birds and, you know, squirrel. I don't know if squirrels make that much noise, but birds, deer, the wind rustling the leaves idyllically. You'll also hear some weed whackers and other things because it's the weekend and this is when people do yard work. Well, first, I think it's uh, a proper uh, intro, hello to summer. Yes, that's true. That is a fun noise. I did. This is this weekend. It's a Memorial Day weekend. I don't know the. I don't know the holiday. As we're as we're recording this, it is Memorial Day weekend. As this airs, we will be officially into the unofficial start of summer. Right. So yes, this was on purpose. Then this has nothing to do with the fact that I I couldn't connect to my network to call you from my office. Totally on purpose. You beat me to my next question. <laughs> you beat me to my next question or setup. I was going to say, Brian, why are you recording us? Because <sighs> technology doesn't like me, basically. Well, welcome back to another week. Happy summer. I had a pretty interesting thought, Brian, and this is uh, definitely a shower thought for some background. I'm in the thick of doing some evaluations at work, and that's what got my brain thinking. So I'll pose the question to you. How much sports do you watch? I watch so little sports ball. I have this is I was so excited for a topic I could contribute absolutely nothing to. So thank you, John, for this. No, uh, just get to hang in the background. <laughs> I uh, I like hockey. I, I'm one of the few people, not few people. Obviously, there's hockey fans. I think hockey has the best pacing out of any game. Honestly, I mean, it's football. It's it, the timing is weird enough that you have something called a football minute. Basketball goes so fast. It's like, oh, we're up 48 to two. Yet we're still going to turn it around and win by 60 points by the end. It's, it's that's too that's too much. Right. It's, the pacing's all weird. Hockey has good pacing. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned uh, basketball, because right now we're in the middle of the NBA playoffs. We're in the the Eastern Conference Finals is still going on, and me being a Sixers fan, I was very disappointed for them to lose once again in the second round. And as they lose, as every team loses and gets eliminated, you start to have questions and thoughts about what you're going to do for the future, what you're going to do for next year, how do you rebuild the team. So the Sixers expectedly fired their head coach, Doc Rivers, after another disappointing finish. Maybe fairly, unjustly, maybe not, who knows. But part of my brain went into this weird mode because I am in the middle of evaluating probably three or four different types of software for my company right now. And we are trying to decide on what we want to purchase, what's the right fit for our organization, what the tools can do for us. And my first dumb thought went to, man, I'm like a basketball GM right now trying to rebuild the team after a disappointing finish. And I wanted to get your your opinion. Is that not the dumbest 
thought you've ever heard, right? <laughs> no, I like <laughs> it. That's that's fun. I well, let me ask you this though. Honest question. So preface by saying, I, I don't think I'm alone. And if I just screw up anything short of absolutely royally at work, I'm not being fired for it, right? Like most people, yeah. I think a lot of people get really stressed about, oh, my God, what do I mess up? No, you're not going to get fired, right? We can make a, we have a lot of leeway in our jobs. What you're talking about, if a coach has like, I don't, I, I don't know, what's a good run of a number of like winning seasons or pretty good seasons? Well, there's been a couple of coaches that have been fired this year after just recently being awarded a Coach of the Year award, being uh, taking their team to an NBA championship within the last couple of years. These have been very successful runs of winning seasons that are probably going on, at, in some instances, close to a decade, if not more. And these guys that's, are getting That's what's fired. crazy to me. That's what's crazy to me. It's, is, it that, is it that fast? Like you can have just season after season of illustrious performance, and then one season you just kind of, I don't know, shit the bed from a coaching perspective, and you're just out. Like, that's, that's harsh. That's, like, high stress. Well, and, and they get paid for it, but. I'm glad you mentioned that, though, because that, that further plays into my, where a GM in, in basketball is, like, kind of a, a chief technology officer, or CIO, or somebody like that. The market is changing. Uh, I know a lot of companies are moving from on-prem to the cloud or, or doing some type of hybrid or changing their cloud environments or moving their tenants up. All this fun stuff because I'm in the thick of it now. This is what I dream about. But you have to move quick and you have to make a decision to where, hey, we've been using this company for 15 years. We've been using this software, but we're making a transition or a migration to the cloud in the next year and a half. We need to migrate off of this and we need to start making the moves now. So while it may not be as quick of a pull, because it, 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 you know, it takes a year and a half, two years, three years, however long it takes to migrate off of something like that. But a CIO or, or, or a chief technology officer or somebody needs to pull the trigger quick because the software is changing so quickly. So I think you just helped further my point that, hey, maybe they are kind of uh, birds of a feather to a certain degree. That is fabulous because that's literally all I got from a, a supporting a sports-related <laughs> episode topic wise so you're welcome and that's I, i'm literally just going to sit here and watch the trees and, and the birds yeah so for the rest of this episode you're just going to hear some nice background noises of the birds thanks for if it wasn't me. so early i'd be day drinking right now it's only what 11 a.m so i don't really i think if you get if you get 45 more minutes in it's 11 15 close 12 is a fair fair time to start especially we'll take a break that's, that's when we'll have our break we'll take our break i'm gonna get a beer i'm just gonna sit outside day drinking I actually like this. We're going to smooth our way into As Brian gets the beer, let's just listen to the background noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we don't have to have any, uh, any, any break time music. It's just going to be birds. Birds in the I kind of dig this. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we get any comments or hate mail on there this. But um, enjoy the birds for the next 30 seconds. If you hate nature, then I don't want you to listen to my show anyway. Brian's taking a hard stance on nature. Taking a hard stance on that. No. Anyway, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. So I wanted to explore this analogy a little bit more around GMs in the NBA or even the NFL and CIOs or CTOs. The way we can look at it, and I, and I realize, again, how dumb this sounds, and I realize how potentially problematic this could be, and that's not my intent, but we're going to look at the players as if they're like your assets, your technology stack. 
the GMs are going to be like your CIOs or, or CTOs, whereas your coaches are going to be more like your managers, your your folks on the who are going to be you know kind of using the software, using the tools, making it work. So with the players being the assets, how do you implement them in properly? How do you make decisions around that? So, Brian, I think we're all considering the ROI on pretty much anything in our lives. And I realize the these are people versus assets in one scenario, but a GM has to consider what's going to work best for his team. How is he going to win the championship, which is the ultimate goal? And that also means a lot of money associated with it, so that doesn't hurt too. But this analogy, as I dive deeper into it, I'm I realize that this is just kind of a question around broader happiness and well-being. What's the ROI on our time? What's the ROI on anything we do? So I enjoy making this podcast with you, and I know you do as well. So the ROI on this is is pretty is going to be pretty uh, nice, large, whatever you want to call it. Would you agree? Yeah, but can I can I take a step back? Sure. You're, you're using a TLA here. Can you clarify what it means for anybody listening who doesn't know what it means? Oh, okay. So for ROI, right? Our yeah, return- well, also TLA being a three-letter acronym because oh. we're, we're, we're consultants and we like business speak, and business speak is three-letter acronyms yep. always yeah. without stop. So, okay, so ROI is going to be your return on your investment. So... Um, the question I pose to you and the question I pose to everybody else is when you think about things you do in your day-to-day life, while it may not cost money, it costs time, which, uh, as we all know, time is money. So <laughs> at what point do you stop you know, working on, I don't want to call it fruitless endeavors, but things that don't make you feel good? Um, and what's the ROI on any given activity you do? So using this podcast recording for us, it doesn't return any financial uh, ROI for us, but certainly makes us feel good and we're happy when we do it. Yeah, it's it's a purpose-driven thing, right? Everybody needs to feel purpose. Do we have a lot of listeners? Not as many as I would like, obviously. But it feels good to put this out there, at least give myself the illusion I'm helping people <laughs> who are listening. So yeah, th- some things don't necessarily need an ROI. Other things do. I'll give an example in my house. So I moved out of a townhouse that had HOA that took care of Homeowners Association, since we're we're defining things. Since, yeah, yeah, TLA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is my TLA. I had a homeowners association who mowed the lawns, took care of bushes, weed whacked, so on and so forth. Moved into a house where I don't have that anymore. What did I do? Did I go buy a lawnmower? No, I took the, the very yuppie, very lazy path. I hired a company that comes through on Thursdays and does it for me. Super fast, gets it done, knocks it out. It's money, right? It's, it's, it's not cheap. It would be cheaper to buy that lawnmower, but you know what's the ROI here? Yes, I'm spending money, but this would take me, I don't know, like a couple hours to do myself because I'm a bumbling idiot. They're in and out in like 20 minutes. So I'm getting hours of my time back, and is that worth it? Well, what am I trying to make money for, <laughs> right? It's to enjoy life. It's to, to have money to do things that I enjoy or to free myself up to enjoy them. Hiring a lawn service does that for me. So the ROI is there for me in that regard. And to dive in deeper, because we are clearly a business pod now. That's that's what I've made the decision for this episode. But you talk about how quick they can mow the lawn for you. Uh, it's because they have larger, better equipment that works at you know 
exponential speeds compared to yours and they're able to do more lawns so the roi on that specific piece of equipment is clearly proving to be fruitful or worth it for them because they're able to do more lawns so it's a borderline quasi symbiotic relationship because they're getting something out of it getting paid you're getting the peace of mind of knowing your lawns manicured taken care of and you get that time back Funny thing is, is I actually enjoy mowing my lawn and I spend those couple hours a week to do that. I'm also seeing that my lawn is looking like shit right now because <laughs> part of it is dying. We haven't gotten rain in a while and I've been starting to, to water it, but it doesn't feel like it's been a fruitful endeavor on my part. So That was so Delco of you, by the way. The, the what? You, what did you do to the lawn? What are you thinking of doing? Oh, shut up, shut up. Shut water up, it. Up, I know. Yeah, we got to water it. I, I can't help it. It's it's ingrained in my DNA at this For anybody point. listening outside of the Delco area, that's John saying the word water. It's, it's not just me. That's that's one of the largest, one of the densely populated areas in the United States. We all talk this way. He's drinking some water while he eats his hoagie. You, you got to pronounce the H in hoagie. Hoagie. So I'm <laughs> on the couch eating my hoagie. Hey. Got a glass of water, a nice yingling next to me. I am feeling great on a Sunday, dude. Just after got done mowing the lawn. Popped open a nice cold beer. There you go. Actually, that sounds really. I'm sitting out here right now. That sound. All that. I know it's a joke. It sounds really see, good. See, and that's right what now. on a day so. like this, I would love to mow my lawn. I can't mow my lawn because I mowed it too short last time, and that's why it looks like shit because it's dying because I fried it. And I have to wait for it to grow back. I put some seed down, put water in it. But uh, yeah, no. Shit, I said water again. Yes, you did. Uh, and I've, I've also cemented, I'm going to be recording outside more often when we do day recordings on the weekend. We're getting very far from the topic, and I forgot where we actually were. Honestly, that's fine. This has been fun, just going down this rabbit hole with you. Um, I'll, I'll try to, to reel us back in a little bit here. So back to my initial analogy, NBA GMs being like... Uh, CIOs or CTOs and managing their team and figuring out the ROI on a specific player or asset in a lot of times with the technology stack and figuring out what's the best way to do it. How often do you have to roll off things? What's the end of life? You're paying for support. Everything is a cost. And at the end of the day, when you sign a player to an NBA team, you hope that you win the championship, which means more money. So there is the ROI on that. So if I'm spending $40 million a year on a specific player, I expect a championship within that time. And I think that's where my analogy kind of falls flat from a CIO or CTO perspective because I don't know what the end game is in the IT and tech space other than just remaining ahead and not letting your entire platform fall apart because one piece didn't work. One thing I did want to say about ROI of tech, I, I don't know how well this fits into your analogy, but I, I think it's very important. And it also ties into the idea that I wanted to do. And it also ties into an episode that we did recently on AI. Allen Iverson because of basketball, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah, so, yeah. Obviously, we're talking about Allen Iverson. <laughs> so when it comes to tech and the ROI, it's not just about. So let's go back to the the lawn mowing example, right? They have better equipment than I do, more skill than I do to properly use that equipment. Those two things combined means they should do it faster and better than me, and ultimately, technically cheaper, right? That's the idea of technology in the workplace. Is you're putting money out there. But your ROI is things get done faster. You can do a higher volume. That's yeah. not really the only thing that I like about really focusing on tech in the workplace. The other thing is think about all the people that are behind the processes 
processes. I don't know. I get made fun of for saying processes, like I you say feel, water. I feel like isn't processes the proper way to say it though? That's I don't I don't know. That's what I thought. I don't know. Well, we're gonna go with it. Processes. The number of processes that oh, well, pro. Uh, that people you put, do. put pro in there. Pro yeah. processes. Yeah, processes. It's, that now you lose the lost me. Yeah, you you word it up however you want to do it. The process, I'll singularize it. The process that a person does in the office that gets taken over by technology. The other ROI here is, well, I got this person who was doing this manual, tactical, oftentimes bullshit task. Now they don't have to, right? And there's two ways a company can capitalize on this. The one that we don't like is I can fire that person. Very short-sighted, not great for the worker, and obviously that's what our show is about. The one that I prefer, the one I think is better over the long run for the employee, for the company, is I can take that person who's now freed of those tasks thanks to that tech purchase and reinvest in them and get them on a more strategic level, help them grow to be a better worker, a more skilled worker in my organization, right? So ROI is not just time and money. ROI is also potential. That's what the NBA draft's all about, potential. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, I'm done with this, the sports analogies. I, I agree with your, your your statement there. I think that's absolutely right, and I, I'm very much on the side of let's not fire these people. I know that uh, a reduction in, in force or reduction in staff is something that you're seeing across a lot of tech companies right now, like a Meta, Google. There was a whole round of layoffs that, that happened, and it is cyclical with, with those types of companies. They'll, they'll do this every so often and then probably rehire them all in the next couple of years anyway. But those are folks that are likely losing their job because of AI and automation and things like that. It's interesting that as the tech changes and as we enable ourselves to use more tools, the workers and the experts who, who manage those tools become just as important. And it doesn't feel like, it to me, it just feels like a, it's a vicious cycle. I agree, and I like that you talked about people losing their jobs a bit because it's great foreshadowing for what I want to talk about coming up Ooh, next. Oh, that's excellent. All right, so the last time we talked about tech and AI, aside from the first half of this episode, is when we were talking about, is AI replacing people in the workforce? Obviously, at the, the end of the first half, we talked about that a little bit as well. Something I've wanted to do since then, John, I want to put you in the hot seat. Oh, boy. I saw something online. It was a, a dark kind of gallows humor post about technology and AI specifically. The gist of it was this. 50 years ago, if you asked what people thought tech advances would do, what do you think they would say? Oh, I, I, I my guess is it's going to be something along the lines of make our day-to-day better, like to like automate the laundry or make breakfast. Am I off or am I, am I close? No, you're right. Actually, have you ever looked at like, like retro-futuristic visions of technology, like old ads for like 
GE products of tomorrow back in the, the 50s. I, I love those. This is so great. Yeah. It's it's so yeah. crazy. It's like the Jetsons it applied. Yeah, it's like the Jetsons applied on like 70s or 60s fashion. Right. Like all they did was just add a couple like pointy things to their clothes and like, look, now it's the future. Yeah, exactly. No, but you're not you're not far off. The, the gist of it is 50 years ago, people thought technology would free them of the manual labors of today. It would leave them time to just focus on being creative, doing things they wanted to do, making things for the sake of making them. But what do we have today? We have people in very manual labor positions, and a lot of AI right now is focused on making art, right? It's like writing content. It's <laughs> making like pictures, faking photos. It's this is the it's we flipped Deep it. Fakes, right? It's we we flipped it. We're spending more time in our menial tasks and developing technology that gets to produce the art and create. And that's isn't that a little bit fucked up, right? Yeah, and if we want to go down like Illuminati, New World Order rabbit hole, it's like they want the masses to be you know, completely hypnotized and 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 stuck on those tasks. Why it's it's it seems like Orwellian to a certain degree, right? Yeah. So here's what I want to do: in that frame of thinking where AI is coming for our creative endeavors, we're a creative endeavor, right? We're a podcast. Yeah. I want to I want to ask you John I need you John to defend our role as humans on this show. Okay, are you going to be the the AI? Are you going to be plugging things into ChatGPT? Yeah, I have a few questions. I have a few so we're we're a work-life balance show. There's a few questions I think are pretty bread and butter to a work-life topic. I want to get you to answer them. I want to see how you stack up. <laughs> this is to AI. Yeah. All right. So you're in a quiz, you're head-to-head with the AI. Bring it on. There you go. So, John, what would you say are the leading bad work-life balance issues in a, in a quick sentence for both white and blue-collar workers? My first gut reaction is going to be overwork. I think all of us don't know when to shut it off and when to quit. So for somebody who's a blue-collar worker, they're taking on overtime, they're taking 12-hour shifts, they don't have enough time to spend things times on personal endeavors, whereas a white collar worker is is doing just the same. It's just in a different environment. So I think ultimately I would say the inability to not allow work to either follow us home or to occupy the majority of our time. Excellent response. Let's see what AI responds with. Ah, the clash of the collars. For our white collar friends, one major issue is the culture of presenteeism. It's like a twisted game of who can stay at the office the longest. No one wants to be the first to leave and risk being labeled as the slacker. As for our blue-collar warriors, physically demanding work and long shifts can leave them feeling like human punching bags. It's like running a marathon with cement shoes on. Ouch. So how do you feel about that? Okay, so it has a little bit of snark to it that I didn't realize. We I was trying to almost view this as... Uh, I don't even want to call it a debate, but I was thinking a little bit more professional. You are that- you are literally fighting for your life on this show against a robot. You should <laughs> you should come come with Cut, both pull out all the stops, loaded. right? Yes. Pull out all the stops. Okay, I think AI beat me that round. That was well said. <laughs> but what's interesting is it's what you said is very similar to what it said in the sense yeah. that. I didn't know, need to do the clash of the collars. That was just too cutesy for me. That was cute though, right? Yeah. Yeah. But shit. I, I, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. It's like, 
how deep do we have to go into a topic to where we're we're referencing things that AI can't? I don't know. We're we'll see. Find out. We'll go on to the next question. Yeah. So, John, in your opinion, do white collar or blue collar workers have it worse when trying to find work life balance? Ah, the clash of the collars. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a good one. You're you're already biting. The AI's yeah, lines. No. That's that's not a good well, show. <laughs> no, I'm thinking that I'm, I'm I'm calling that AI out for the dork that it is. Um, <laughs> so uh, the question was, would you mind repeating it for me? I'm sorry. Yeah. In your opinion, who has it worse when trying to find balance, blue or white collar? Mm. That's a tough one. I would say that this is going to come from a very bias point of view which i think is impossible to ignore because i do work in white collar um jobs i do have a a white collar role that said i do feel like culturally speaking they're more prone to overwork or at least allow work to follow them anywhere they go they're always on on their phone now as a blue collar worker if i'm if i'm a business owner shit i i'm in the exact same boat while still doing a physically demanding job so i think while the blue collar worker may have more time in the day. What I mean is usually their hours are a little bit earlier. If they have more time in the day, starting from like two o'clock to do personal endeavors, they might not have the physical capacity to do it depending on how demanding their job is. So to be frank, I I don't think I want to touch that question. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what AI says. And I think AI might agree with you here. Let's see. While both white and blue-collar workers face their fair share of work-life balance challenges, it's like comparing apples and oranges. Or more accurately, comparing spreadsheets and hard hats. Studies show that white-collar workers often struggle with the blurring of boundaries between work and personal life. Thanks to technology, the office can follow them home like a clingy ex-partner. They may find themselves answering emails in bed or taking work calls during family dinners. It's like being trapped in a never-ending PowerPoint presentation. On the other hand, blue-collar workers face different hurdles when it comes to work-life balance. Many of them work long hours, sometimes in physically demanding jobs. They may have less control over their schedules, making it harder to plan and prioritize personal time. So, you see, both sides have their unique challenges. It's like comparing a high-wire act without a safety net to a tightrope walker with a unicycle. Both require skill, coordination, and a fair bit of luck. All right. All right. So, all right. I have a problem with this one now. This is fundamentally where the AI and I are split right here because their their voice is if they're writing for a blog and they had time to edit it where you're quizzing me like I am some television pundit who is giving their response on something that is being posed in in a forum, a general open air discussion. So I think while it's very cute, the AI and I are coming to similar conclusions, which just goes to show the mental fortitude that I have to match artificial intelligence on the spot. Hey, man. I mean, it's, it's going to help me sleep at night. So let me have it. <laughs> the, the, the comparing spreadsheets to hard hats joke about Apple. That was pretty close. Shut up, AI. I don't see, I don't see you coming with that kind of win. That's what I have to say. Shut up, right? GPT yeah. or whatever it is. No, but honestly, though. Here's the thing. Here's here's where I think we could start to see a difference. And maybe this is just the way this particular AI is built. It's not going out of its way to be I don't want to use the word controversial, but it, it doesn't yeah, it's go not out of its way stance. to make a choice. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't take a stance. Yeah. So in the realm of 
do white collar workers or blue collar workers have it harder? The, the mental calculus for us is, well, do I think one actually does? Do I think the other one doesn't? Who's my audience that's listening? Do I want to be all inclusive or have some kind of exclusivity which could drive people away or make people bigger fans of the show? A lot of things in my mind, but for me personally, I'm not here trying to necessarily get new listeners. I'm trying to to make a show I think is valuable and, and hopefully people listening, it resonates. So I would tend to say, you know, if I had a, a real opinion on it, one set or the other does have it harder or easier. And that's not something that ChatGPT is necessarily going to do. Yeah, little little bitch. <laughs> Angry flopper. about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got I got just a few more. All right. You know what? Ask it something where it has to take a stance, and then we'll see. You know, it's, you know, let's leave this question and be like, "Hey, how do you feel about unions?" And they'll be like, "Oh, I don't know." And I'll be like, "Yeah." But if, even if you did that, like, what do you think of unions? It'll be like, "Oh, they have their their benefits and their detriments, and here's you know the value of a union, yep. and here's what." Can, and so it's it's never going to take a hard. It's line. written like a really shitty yeah. blog post. So next question: Given challenges that both white and blue collars face. What strategies work well for either one group or the other, or what works really well for both? Well, for white collar workers, I think you're seeing a lot now um, that whether it's focus tools or blocking off your calendar, but Microsoft now has like set this time for focus time or block your calendar off to focus on these tasks. And I think that's one way that if you can section off your time and stay true to your calendar, that allows you to shut off at a certain time or to pick back up whenever it is. But that's one way or one method you could do it to where a blue collar worker, if there's somebody who's on call or have to deal with different things that may come up as an emergency, that's a little bit more difficult to plan for. But what I think they have as an advantage in most instances is the ability to take vacation based on how they establish their schedule. And what I mean there is somebody who's in white collar work, depending on the type of work that you're in, there's going to be certain times or certain seasons that it's just not going to be feasible for you to take off because it's a busy period or it's end of quarter, it's end of month, whatever it is. And I think that while it's yeah, it's not easy to schedule a vacation for a blue collar worker, they're going to be a little bit more they're going to be more flexible in when they schedule it so long as you schedule it and get it approved, all of that stuff. I'm not saying that's a given. But do you see where I'm coming from? Does that make sense, Brian? It does. And I, I got it. The, the whole it's harder for blue collars to schedule time off just makes me think. And I don't, again, I'm not trying to be political, but just, it's just so easy in this example. It makes me think so hard about the whole rail company ownership and, and rail organizations breaking in billions of dollars yet they can't give uh, rail employees enough ability to schedule days off in advance, right? Like, they get, like, one yeah. day off. It's, it's insane to me. And I, I hate the thought. It's like, oh, it's, it's oh, we obviously we can't. You know, blue-collar workers are never going to have this too rigid. But then they're raking in billions of dollars. And it's this, this false narrative that is sold that a lot of people are buying to the degree that when rail tries to strike, I'm not going to get too too political with with the ramifications that actually happened, but suffice it to say, when the rail unions try to strike, it's very misconstrued in, in modern day media uh, about what it's. It's always like, oh, union striking is going to cost the economy this many millions of dollars. It's like, well, no, technically, the rail companies refusing to work with the unions 
are the reason that the economy is, is in, in danger <laughs> here, right? So that's why arbitration and things like that happen, right? You need a mediator for those types of negotiations. Yeah, but I digress. I digress. Yep. All right. So let's let's see what uh, what ChatGPT had to say about this. While the collars may differ, there are a few techniques that can benefit workers across the board. Didn't it use that in the last one too? Didn't it say that why each group or why why they have their own set of challenges? Get more original. Uh, let me let me go back Get now. Let me go original. back and see. Let me go back and see what it said. Did it? Uh, uh, oh yeah. So it originally said while well, both white and blue collar workers face their fair share of work life balance challenges. Dot dot dot. And here it said same thing. Yeah. Same okay. Thing, so it's, right? yeah, it's you know you know might work once or twice. Cracking the veneer. <laughs> Cracking the veneer right I'm open. Finding it. Yep. Opening this thing up. Let's keep going with it though. Let's see what it says. Oh, I like that you're into it though. I like I like that you're you're putting on a good fight. You're 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 poking holes. I like it. The water the water's coming through the holes. You're poking the holes and the water's Where, flooding in. Where's that where's that damn uh, kid who's gonna stick his finger in a dike? You know, that water's uh. gonna fall right on through. While each group has its own unique challenges, there are a few strategies that tend to work well for specific situations. For white collar workers, one effective strategy is to set clear boundaries between work and personal life. Studies show that establishing a designated workspace at home and creating a routine can help maintain separation and prevent work from seeping into every waking hour. On the other hand, blue-collar workers often struggle with long hours and physically demanding jobs. One strategy that works well for them is to prioritize self-care and recovery. Research suggests that taking regular breaks, staying hydrated, and engaging in activities that promote relaxation can help combat fatigue and prevent burnout. It's like giving yourself a much-needed spa day, but without the cucumbers on your eyes. Yep, I agree, but you, you still still don't like you. <laughs> uh, but also, a lot of this is like, oh, stay hydrated. Like it's it's kind of superficial. I just I just took a I just took a sip because it. it, it oh fuck! You just proved it right. I was trying to give. I was trying to throw you a bone. You proved the damn thing right. <laughs> God damn it, Sean. My bad. <laughs> oh, all right. So, lively debate. AI bringing up some points. John bringing up some points. I'm going to give you one last chance to drive the whole thing home. And on a high note, wrap up the episode with some final words of just insightful encouragement for me about blue and white color workers okay. finding this balance. John, please, please do this I'm for me. Do my best. Oh, oh, no, that, that oh, it, I thought there was another question. You're, you're just asking me just to do it. Yeah, no, that oh, was it. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's, oh. that's that's oh, okay. the prompt. <laughs> I thought there was going to be one final question. Okay, great. Um, this is not filling me no, with confidence right now. No, I know. Right I'm kind of go, like, damn, I, I just shit the bed right here. But no, give me, give me a second uh -huh. here. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, the listeners, you out there, Mr. President listening, I want to inspire everybody on both the left, the right, the blue, the white. I want everyone to know that this Memorial Day weekend is a great time to explore some rest and relaxation, to take time for yourself, to maybe reconsider what's important and reflect on what you've done so far this year and come back refreshed. Because what you need, what everyone needs, is a nice two-week-long vacation man something to just like forget about work for a while you know just just unplug unwind you know you just get drunk on mimosas and rum punches that's what we all need so mr president can you establish a two-week vacation for everyone 
Thank you and good night. So I feel like you're cheating a little bit because you're bringing up like the weekend that it is being a holiday and Chachi has no idea it's a holiday. That's but that's part of the value. Though. That's, that's right. That's, that's, that's the differentiator. You you can you can speak you to go. the zeitgeist. You can speak to things happening. You can be topical. Today. You're topical. That's right. All right. Let's see where let's see where this thing goes. Remember, dear listeners, work life balance is not a destination. It's a journey. Embrace imperfection like a proud and slightly clumsy peacock. We're all bound to drop a ball or two while juggling our responsibilities, and that's okay. Learn to laugh at your own circus act and give yourself permission to make mistakes. Life is a glorious roller coaster ride with ups and downs, twists and turns. Take the time to appreciate the highs, even if they're accompanied by a few stomach-churning loops. There you go. I, I feel like that wasn't specific to work-life balance. I feel like it was just like describe the human condition (laughs) (laughs) it got bored of being on this it just wanted to end it's like it's like you know what i'm done that's that's enough you guys you guys don't pay me enough to be a a guest for a full episode there's also running out of similes obviously because like a like a slightly clumsy (laughs) peacock is the weirdest language yeah i'm not sure i like that one no Uh, Brian, I did want to say one thing, since it is, we have made reference to the fact that we're recording this on Memorial Day weekend. I know this will air after Memorial Day weekend, but it's, it's an awesome time to get a, a day off from work and, you know, everyone to unplug. But I know there's a real meaning behind Memorial Day. And, uh, you know, if there's anybody out there, thank a vet and think about the ones who didn't make it home. And we remember them and appreciate the sacrifice that's been made for Brian and I to have this silly little podcast. That That is an excellent point. That's what we're actually going to leave off on, I think. That's a perfect note to leave off on. So thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed your long weekend, and we'll see you here next time. Thanks for tuning in again to the Big Balance Podcast. And as always, please help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.